it may have escaped your attention, but the annual conference of the Australian Fairy Tale Society, no less, was on in Brisbane in October. Two of the conference paper presenters joined us. Joe Henwood is known as the Ring Maiden of the Australian Fairy Tale Society, a very cool title. She co-founded the society in 2013 and her day job is professional storytelling in schools, museums and the like. And Eliane Morell is a singer, actor and writer whose one-woman show, Disenchanted, a cabaret of twisted fairy tales, has been performed and won prizes at numerous festivals around the country. Together with Alyssa Curtain, Eliane and Joe will be telling the conference about a web series they've made about the origins of fairy tales. And yes, they are, as they sound, very busy fairy people working across various fairy platforms. Joe, I believe this fairy tale society that you co-founded may be the only one of its kind in the world. I think that's true. I mean, certainly if you Google fairy tale society, it's us. <laughs> We're it. Uh, there are a couple of organisations, one in England, a journal in America. There are people who explore fairy tales, but we're the only ones who have it as its main focus, which is quite odd when we're the ones who aren't European. You know, the fairy tales didn't start here, and yet we're the ones who've grasped it and run with it. I guess maybe in other countries, you know, Ireland has fantastic kind of folkloric and fairy tale traditions. Presumably, maybe there it's just called something else. Maybe it's a folklore society or something. <laughs> it may be. I don't want to get too assertive because whenever you say, whenever you're definite, <laughs> something yes. crops up. Why did you establish it? What made you want to create one? I. As a storyteller, I wanted to understand fairy tales deeply enough to be able to retell them personally and with authenticity from where we are, the, the people we are, the place we are, our history, our culture. So I needed to understand it. And the way I understand is, yes, reading and writing, but it's also talking with other people who see things just a little bit differently from me. And I wanted to provide that opportunity for other people to, to come together and have that um, campfire where we spark off each other and have new ways of interpreting and understanding. Now, you're a ring maiden as I mentioned earlier, which is about the coolest title of anyone I've ever met, Joe, I've got to say. But what does that mean? What, what is your job as a ringmaker? All right. So um, with the local uh, groups that get together, if you're a storyteller, you get together in story circles. If you're a fairy tailor, you get together in fairy rings. Um, and so there are local uh, fairy tale rings in most of the capital cities that are, are like a book club for fairy tales, but they need material. So I'm the person who, with consultation, works out the five fairy tales that we're going to explore each year. And then I research it and create an enormous bibliography that nobody ever reads. And then I write down all the things that they could have read in it as sort of what I call points to ponder, and nobody ever reads that. <laughs> and then we go and meet together and we, I tell them all the things that I have already read. And the stories go out. You're not the only person to have ever written a bibliography that everyone's ignored. I, I remember a few of my university lecturers who had done exactly the same thing. But, Joe, um, how do you communicate? Do you do this via Zoom? Do you get together physically? Yes, all of the above. Okay. So, like I say, they've got the local fairy tale rings in Sydney. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm the ringleader of the Sydney fairy tale ring. 
and Elian is mm -hmm. uh, a, a You're pillar also of the, of the, of the Sydney I'm ring. Of the Sydney. Yeah. Okay. And that there's also one in Brisbane, in Illawarra, in Adelaide, and Victoria, and they will get together physically. But because we're a national society with mm. a, a handful of Northern Hemisphere members as well, mm. we also have the Zoom meetings. And naturally, you won't be surprised to know that we also have a cool name for those. So we don't have Zooms in the fairy tale society. What do you have? Go and tell me. A magic mirror. Oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> because a magic mirror, you can see across vast distances and through the can. past and the future. Of course you can. And this is how we can. And you can together. put different back grounds in and you can pretend you're in different places. See, it's very magical, isn't it? <laughs> Eliane, tell me, you belong to the Sydney Ring, yes. as we were discussing, but as a writer and performer, you'd already gone down a, a kind of fairy tale path, creating this show Disenchanted. Yeah, yes. Um, now, that was a few years ago. And then you, am I right in thinking, you then discovered that there is a whole world of fairy tailors, I now know the appropriate term, um, <laughs> and you kind of found your people. Yeah, yeah, well, that, that is pretty much it. So, yeah, I had uh, decided to do this, this uh, cabaret about disgruntled fairy tale side characters who um, who want to tell their side of the story. Oh, wow. So and the characters who get left behind. Yeah, the characters who get okay. behind. So I've got Olga, the ugly stepsister, and the Gertie who's the goose that lays the golden eggs, mm. and the wolf himself, and one of the oh. dead wives of Bluebeard, and... And I tried to make a frame for it and in the making of the frame I discovered this woman called Madame Dornois, Marie-Catherine Le Jumel de Barneville, Baroness Dornois. And she's, uh, so she's actually the originator of the literary fairy tale. I mean, right. there, there, was a, there was a bunch of women called Salonnières. So mm -hmm. they were gathering together in salons and they were telling each other folk tales, but really twisting the folk tales around and trying to talk about very important issues for them, but uh, in these cloaked forms as fairy tales. And when when is this happening? 17th century, mid-17th century. 1690. So I wrote this, this uh, cabaret and that was the frame story was Madame Dornois. But then I discovered the fairy tale society. It, it is an enormous amount of fun to sit and dissect a fairy tale, uh, ways that it should be told, ways that we want to tell it today, mm. um, the things that we, we like and don't like about it, the, the intricacies, the, the, the Freudian, the Jungian analysis. Yeah, so it's like a book group except I would say more fun. Yeah. <laughs> Are there snacks? Oh, yes, always. Oh, good. Uh, themed, themed snacks. Excellent. Yes, yes. Uh, uh, Eliane, I'm just what do we know fairy tales? Is the, is the shared knowledge of fairy tales still so strong that it works in your play, for example, to pull apart. I mean, you're kind of unthreading, aren't you, the idea of or unravelling the idea of these classic fairy yeah, tales. Yeah. But doesn't that that only really works, doesn't it, if we have a shared knowledge of what the fairy tales are in, their, in yeah, the first that's, place. Yeah, that's true. Is that still strong enough? Yes. Oh, I think so. Oh, mm. for sure. Absolutely. I mean, the, but I specifically chose fairy tales that were very well known. Right. Okay. So the least well-known story I have is Bluebeard. Mm. Um which interestingly enough is by a man called Charles Perrault, who was one of one of the salonniers, the male salonniers. He sort of superseded all of the ladies. Yeah, we've got our claws out for him. Right. Anyway. Could we, um, could we, I don't suppose at this moment, mm. Elion, we could meet some of the characters from your show? Uh, we certainly not. <laughs> okay, uh, first of all, tell me 
Tell me who you are. So I can interview of, you in character, you, if you like. Of course. Um, um, uh, so, of course, uh, Madame Dolnois. Welcome, Madame. Oh, thank It's you. very nice to have you on Late it's, Night Live. Oh, it's wonderful to be here in this <laughs> so sort which, of little salon. So have you arrived from 1696, roughly? Uh, oui. Okay. Um, and what did you do in the salonniere? Oui. Was it a very deliberate task that you would mm. come together and say, right, this is our storytelling, story sharing time? Or was it, you know, were you playing a bit of backgammon on the side? No, no. it was very much verbal, speak, games. verbal games. Yeah, yeah. Talk, yeah uh, little yeah. games about fairies and fairy tales. And we would, we would, um, it was little like plays. little plays and we mm. would best each other. So mm. it has a, a better story each time, <laughs> try and make each other be tell better stories. And uh, I should introduce, this is Joe, madame. Jo ah, Joe's jo jo a ring maiden. Jo. <laughs> I have always wished to be part of a salon. <laughs> well, you are tonight. Welcome. You are tonight. Um, and who else? I mean, you mentioned some of the other left behind characters like yes. I will um, I'm just bringing um, Olga she is the ugly sister oh, so called ugly okay. sister not at all ugly yeah. from what I'm seeing but no, no. Okay. The, the I am <laughs> Olga and people are saying I am ugly bigfoot stepsister to Cinderella but actually I am sister to Svetlana yeah and she is and Cinderella is our stepsister you okay. see so there are two sides to every story okay yeah? so uh, I am uh, I, uh, I I believe that Cinderella um, <clears throat> last year has uh, decided to. She went off with Prince Tarmink, as you all know. He found a little shoe. Oh. But she has decided to consciously uncouple from the royal family, actually. Wow. You know? And uh, I find this quite ironic. <laughs> <laughs> it's the postscript that was never written down, wasn't it? No, no. Um, Joe, tell me, do you have, I know this is a toughie, but um, work through it with me. Do you have a favourite or favourite fairy tales? I have many favourite fairy tales. What's the one you want to tell us about now? I will tell you about uh, the 12 Dancing Princesses. Oh, I, this, I think I know this one. Yeah. This is one of my favourites. Oh, good, because Go it's so little known. And I, my big regret is that Tchaikovsky didn't turn it into a ballet because then everyone would know how magnificent it is. So there are these women who are so strong, so powerful, that their father has locked them up right? Twelve princesses sober, locked up every night. And yet in the morning, their slippers are all worn to pieces. How can this be? Well, their father, the king, who is, you know, a bastion of the patriarchy, as you've probably already gathered, um, puts out a message to get any man who can find out the secret of these worn out slippers. And one by one, they come, they fail, they get executed until an old soldier comes along and he pretends to take the drink they've offered, but is secretly hiding underneath a blanket, an invisibility cloak, mm. if you will and watches as those 12 princesses dive down open up a bed and go down into the underworld a world that is dark and mysterious full of trees silver and gold and they float across the lake to a palace filled with music where they dance with the ghosts of those dead princes and he follows them back and he comes there and returns with them and then he dobs them in oh, oh. 
Thank and that, you. Yeah, yeah. So the way the story finishes up officially mm. is women find a way to escape and, and, you know, women are suppressed, they find a way to escape. Women are suppressed and that's the end, yay, the patriarchy. No, <laughs> no, I say to When's you. When's the sequel we, coming out? We, we when is the sequel third, coming out? We need a third act and that's why you need a fairy tale society. Um, you also quite like, Joe. I know... You've spoken in the past about an African tale called The Magic Mirror. And I guess yeah. it is important, isn't it, to note that a lot of these tales certainly were handed down and derived from many other cultures, Chinese, Indian, yeah. African. Yes, well, when you say Chinese, the oldest Cinderella in the world is Ye Shen, which mm. is a Chinese story, hence the idea that a small foot is a sign of beauty. But What's happening is fairy tales, as originated by our salonniers, are a European construct, and then they get disseminated along those paths of colonisation, but then they meet the Indigenous culture or the immigrant culture, and they get transformed. And this is why the flat characters of fairy tales work so brilliantly as an art form, because they are so flat that you always see yourself, and that's where the magic lies. So here we are, mm. unpicking the identity politics of fairy tales <laughs> on Late Light Life. Thank you so much for joining us, Joe Henwood and Ellie Arne Morell. Hopefully that inspires you to perhaps establish your own fairy tale ring or find one close by enjoy the conference and thanks so much for your time thank you thank you for having us it's easier than ever to hear your favorite local and national abc radio stations live and on demand on the abc listen app